home alone I gotta stay working make this rap name a brand name like Virgin new Richard Branson I better call Forbes I got a couple banks for this hunger for more blowing up like both death stars the most nerd fresh dude out by far won't see me out whipping the Cadillac car but my music blasts out you can hear it from far Incognito so that I can get work done. No phone or TV, just me and the blunt. Uh, trying to recall where I came from. All these late nights and dark liquor be fucking me up. Oh, hi. Welcome to the Barack Obama approved world's greatest podcast. Hyphen Nation. I'm your host, Kellen Conley. So, this episode... Features my semi-regular co-host, Marcus Robinson. And Marcus hit me up and was like, yo, we got to talk about Mac. And I was like, absolutely, we got to talk about Mac. So in this episode, we do that very thing. We talk about the late, great Mac Miller. The late, great Mac Miller. And uh, his untimely passing. As well as some discussion about the hip-hop blog era. I know I've dived in that a few times, but it's even better once Marcus is here to kind of share in his experiences with that. So, what had happened was, Marcus got on Hangouts with me, and we, we were talking and talking, and then we realized, like, maybe an hour in, that we hadn't even started the podcast. So, you're joining a conversation already in progress. And like I said, we talk about the blogs, we talk about Mac, and all things like that. So, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and let, let y'all get to it. Thanks for being here. Let's go. Do you listen to uh, Dart's podcast at all? Um, No, I don't. I don't. Okay. I like, I like Dart Adams. I don't, dis, I don't dislike him. Um, right. But what, like, what, is his, what is his pod about? Well, his his pod is about whatever fuck he wants it to be about. <laughs> and if you know his Twitter feed, then it's exactly like his Twitter feed, and he will say whatever fuck he's feeling about. The thing he's mostly been harping on, I haven't listened to the past few episodes, but he keeps getting mad because people fuck up anniversaries of things. Yeah. And so he sits there, and he, he literally spent like half an hour of one of his pods talking about how the date public enemies – it takes a nation, how people were celebrating it, because you know how shit pops up on Facebook and Twitter. It's the 30th anniversary of Do the Right Thing. And yeah. he's like, it's not the fucking anniversary. That shit came out two weeks early. <laughs> and like, so if that gives you any idea, but he's also like really fucking smart. So when he's not doing that, I fuck yeah. with his shit. But like he, he was just talking about, because he's a writer and everything, he's just saying like how you know, like he's pitched ideas for like there was a bunch of 30th anniversaries for like milestone um new jack swing albums like the new edition um heartbreak album don't be cruel 
yeah. uh, Paul Abdul's Forever Your Girl, like all these big albums that he was like pitching his music sites, like let me do some long reads for you and really talk about these albums and the impact that they had on music and all these things. And he was saying that none of them wanted to, was interested and then they would turn around and like, uh, like I think one site ended up doing like a new edition thing and it was like barely like I don't know, like I wouldn't say I'd say it was maybe like I say it was fifteen hundred words um at best and it was like it didn't do it any justice. And he's just saying like how he has all these ideas and people was like, Oh Dart, why don't you write more? Or why aren't you writing here and stuff? He's like, they won't fucking pay me. He's like, that's why I end up yeah. posting my own shit on Medium and then getting barely paid off that shit. Because I do have these great ideas and I'd like to share them with people um, and write it for y'all to read because I know that there's fans of my writing out there, but they're not fucking paying me. And so it, it's just crazy out there because it's it's the blog, the blog, the I don't want to say the blog blogs um kind of mess with mess with the websites and stuff, man. But it's just like since content is king and content only lasts so long, like nobody's willing to really pay for something that's not going to. Um, that they're that people were just going to look at real quickly and move on from. Yeah, I mean, I think. Well, I was going to talk about this like when we talked about Mac, but well, maybe not so much. I was going to talk about it, but the blogger, it was good, but the only drawback was that like basically like complex media basically is aggregate aggregator or whatever so mm. they just want clicks like they legit do not give a fuck like what's going to get the clicks and i mean in tmz like you know that's oh. sort of a part of it too like yeah like they just they just want eyes to gain viewership to get sponsorship money mm-hmm. and so when like the blogs when blogs weren't generating as much money as clickbait that's when blogs started getting defunct and so, yep. so yeah, so like a lot of my favorite writers from the blog era, like they had to move on to like actually different, you know, different publications like Justin Tinsley. Um, I don't know if you know Justin Tinsley, but he's like a writer from Virginia and he's he actually, for the ringer. Or am I thinking about Justin Charity? Uh, yeah, I think about Justin Charity, Justin okay. Tinsley. Justin Tinsley actually writes for Undefeated now. But, oh, okay, I do know the name though. Yeah, okay. but he he's actually right for he's actually right for the smoking section, and he used to Is post he? there like yeah he used to write there a lot, and so he ended up yeah, I don't follow him yeah he ended up going from uh, writing good shit for smoking section. And now he's with ESPN, working undefeated. And smoking and he's was a lot amazing. Of, it it totally was, man. It was really that was one of my good. different um, definite stops. Every time I would go through the blogs and shit, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I don't even know if it still exists anymore. It it shouldn't because Uprocks Uprocks basically bought it out. Yeah, and that's they right. And, and they, they, they brought everything into the site. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because I I kind of fucked with Uprocks there for a little bit. Um, pretty consistently but their their website is i mean they went through this thing where i couldn't get damn content like i would get it up i start reading it and then i get an error I yeah. get shit. and i mostly read stuff at work so if i can't read it at work then i'm not going to really take the time to 
if I can't do read read at work or at least save you to my pocket app where I can go back and read it later, then I'm not really checking for it. So Yeah. Yeah, I completely forgot about Alprox having them now. Yeah, man. So now I Googled it. Now it's just uprocks.com slash hip hop. So mm-hmm. that's that's very fucking sad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like T- Tinsley, like one of the like he's wrote like a lot of good pieces. One of the pieces I don't know if he's still floating around the internet like last year. Um, he actually he actually went to um, a Dave Chappelle secret show in like New Orleans. I think nice. it was I think it was doing like um, All Star Break or whatever, and that was actually pretty good. Um, the perfect mysterious juke joint at All Star Weekend. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to save that to my pocket right now, bro. Yeah, man. So Tinsley, like he's. He's a really good kid. Like he's a really good guy, and so mm-hmm. he's on. Like I said, like he graduated out of the blog era, and now he's you know he's a journalist for ESPN. So, um, so yeah, man. Like, so basically, I mean, even so, basically, sites knew that like we just need to get content, and we don't necessarily want to pay for it. So, like a lot of. And one of the bad things with the blog era was that basically while a lot of writers were posting really good shit about albums, like some of the blogs were taking payola. And so a lot of record labels, and not even record labels, but just artists, they were they're basically funneling money to some of the blog sites to post music. But then when social media and SoundCloud started to rise, and money for just like artists fell. Our mm-hmm. artists are basically like, look, I don't need to pay a blog to get my shit on. I can just post it on my SoundCloud, and then if it does numbers, it'll do numbers without any other third party. And that's also a reason why sort of the blogs became irrelevant because you can like it. Basically, was like if I want money, if I want music from my artist, I can just go to a Twitter. And just get this shit from get this shit from there or whatever directly from him, yeah, yeah. So the blogs really were the middleman, but the blogs are great because at least they curated shit to listen to that didn't have followings, and so they could be the middleman to actually create the person's following and their buzz or whatever. Yeah, but, that was the cool thing about it, especially like two dope boys and not right man. Like, yeah, I like I would have never listened to half the shit that I listened to without them posting it i was like as much as i went to go check for people i already knew like i i would take a chance on a lot of stuff and i and sometimes i was late to the game but then i would like man they're really free i would honestly i don't think i would have discovered wale when i did if it wasn't for the blogs because i came i i first um i remember back in the go-go um came out um the one that had uh had bun b on it and pusha or was it Oh uh, yeah, it was pushing. Okay, and I heard that. I was like, man, this joint go really hard, man. Like, and then I was like, oh, oh, he's got all the mixtapes. I went and listened to all the stuff that he did that he they popped off with in DC, and then not too long after was when the mixtape about nothing came out. Yeah. So even Wale, like I was, I was lucky. I don't know if you knew to do um, Olu from um, he used to go to WBE. Like he was Wale's cousin. And, uh-uh. Yeah, I don't think I do know him. I, I don't think I ever knew that. Knew that Wally's cousin went to WVU. 
Yeah, and so I was thinking like it would be like you know like a, you know. But the thing is, you know how people are. Oh yeah, that's my cousin. Like whatever. Mm, yes. But he was right. saying it. He was saying it before like Wally was even a thing, and he he actually put all of our like friends on to like Wale, and it was the second mixtape. I think the second mixtape was Haters a New Love, mm-hmm. and he like put us on to that and. It was really interesting seeing Wale's career just from his cousin putting us on to because he ended up having a show like in Morgantown. Like I know I I went to it. Uh, That's the one that CFX put on. Yeah, and then fucking Ryan Leslie was there too. Yeah, yes, I was there. I still have video footage of me being at that show. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. And so even before then, about a about maybe a year or so, or maybe even like eight months before then he even had like a small ass show and um and davison elkins at college oh and yeah it was, it was a super fucking small show it was like outside in some random it wasn't even a pavilion it was just like they had an area that was outside where they just built a stage and like people came through and like we ended up sneaking in because we weren't going to pay for this shit <laughs> so <laughs> we, we ended up sneaking in that shit and seeing him from those beginnings until until like when Mixtape Brought Nothing came out and then like that was basically getting on people's best of lists. Mm-hmm. Like seeing him go from, you know, that to that, like that was really special. And a lot of people have those stories from artists they follow from the blog era. And so and so now like it's it really isn't that anymore. Like now it's basically like you like if it trends, you'll you maybe find out about it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, man. Like I don't, I I like Danielle puts me on to like new people from time to time. But like for the most part, like I'm just I'm flying naked out here. <laughs> like I like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything anymore. either. Me neither. I listen to uh, not my first Joe Budden podcast, but I finally sat through a whole episode. Because I, yeah. ha- I have some of the old episodes of my iPod, and then uh, I, I listen to I watch the videos on YouTube when it, something's interesting, like when they talk about like Scorpion and stuff like that. But uh, I felt like oh, I got to hear what he has to say about M. And so I finally sat through that whole episode. And after he got to the M part, and they, they were talking about different topics, everything. One hour, I was like, Yeah, I can see why these niggas got a fucking Spotify deal. Like they they, they they're on their shit. And Joe was built for. I'm like so happy for him the fact that he's found podcasting and not I'm sad he stopped rapping, but his music was just so sad and so like <laughs> it, it got past the part of where it was like, you know, Joe's cool because he's vulnerable. Joe Joe was just sitting there doing depressing ass songs and thinking it was the same thing. Like last I checked, and I didn't even check for like his last releases. Um I don't so, even know the last thing he put out, honestly. It was uh, Rage Against the Machine, I think it came out. Uh it was the year he dissed Drake, so it was like two years ago. Oh, uh. yeah, that was like the last thing he put out. And then he, now he's been saying he's been retired for a while. But like at the end, there I forgot that they do this thing where they play music that they're filling, and they played three random ass artists, and and I was like, and they're like, oh, this is so and so, and I'm really feeling this, and I was like, I was like, I don't know who these dudes are, man. Like I'm just not uh, up on person- game, man. 
Another another podcast that does that is the Jenkins and Jones podcast that I told you about a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Yeah, like like they'll play they'll play some random trap shop I've never heard in my entire life, and some like they'll like actually it won't even just be trap like they'll play like just random music. Um, they there's this group this band called um, let me fuck what's the fucking names. It's like bad, bad, not good, and they're not even a rap group. Like they're like a, um, they're basically like a like a synth pop band from Canada, mm-hmm. and like they play one of their songs. And I was like, this shit's it's pretty fucking good, and I listened to their last album. Well, I think it was their last album, but it was like that shit was really good too, and so like. I get put on basically through them to like new like new shit to listen to or whatever. So I mean it's it's really hit and miss, man. Like there's like two I know two dope boys are still doing their shit, but I it's mean, not the same. Yeah, and Loki does freaking do say Palooza because he used to do. You heard that new? I used to fuck with that. He's running with the do say Palooza dudes now, and okay. um, him and Rory and all them, and I can't. Kaz, maybe I can't think of their names, um, and then of course SK is still posting, but it's not the same. Like the not right comment section used to go on for days. Like people would jump from every time SK would post, they would like switch over and be talking about all kinds of random shit in the comments. And now shit's like a ghost town, and it's just it's not. And then there's I miss the Z share links, man. <laughs> Oh, the Z share links are heavy in the paint, man. Like, I know. Because you could listen to it before you would download it. That's what it was all about. Once yeah. that came in, I was like, oh, this is a, it's a wrap. Like, this is the best. I can listen to this shit and see if I actually like it before I download it. I have tons of songs that I know that I downloaded and I never even listened to because I couldn't listen to it, but I thought I'd be interested. Like, I have, I won't even dare open that folder on my external it's just mixtapes and singles and everything else. And I've never listened to this music. I just know it's sitting there. It's sad. Yeah, but I would just sit there and download all day long, man. Digital hoarders. Like I was like, I was a total digital hoarder with no, with no regret at all. Yeah. Like, I forget. I have shit. Like I was thinking, I was like, man, do I really want like, I was like, I want to kind of hear that second Limp Biscuit album. I ain't listened to it in a while. And I, I searched that shit on my external. I was like, let me just type in significant. It was like, pow. I was like, yes. Damn, <laughs> that's fucking funny. I mean, I haven't, I don't know if I've even said I want to listen to Limp Biscuit. And I'm not ashamed. There's oh, way more things to be ashamed about. Oh, <laughs> uh, the, the album that was in together, like that yes, album, like, that's I used, the one. That's I the used, one, man. I used to play the album super heavy, so I've been want I wouldn't been wanting to hear break shit or break stuff. That's why I really want to hear. Oh shit! Well, yeah, that shit goes hard. Yeah, man. So there's no, there's definitely no shame in any one game over here. So yeah. Oh man, true but, story. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> uh, are we going to? Well, do you want to start the podcast? <laughs> well, uh, now that you mention it. I guess we should. I'll record an intro and an outro, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, "Welcome to Hyphen Nation." This is this is uh, the world's <laughs> greatest podcast, brought to you by Kellen Conley, and we can start the podcast now. <laughs> 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 if you want to go ahead and kind of lead into the sad news, 
Yeah, so unfortunately, you know, this last Friday, uh, coming off of, you know, a short work week for a lot of people, um, in the afternoon, we were unfortunately notified that Mac Miller, um, Pittsburgh rapper, 26 years old, he, he unfortunately lost his life. Um, we don't, I mean, there's been no official word on what's happened, but um, a lot of people are saying, you know, drugs were involved. But I mean, in all honesty, you know, it, that doesn't really matter at this point. Like, you know, he he was a special person and he's no longer with us. So um, I was personally rocked by the news. Um, I was having kind of a shitty day. And then when I heard that, like, like I'm not going to lie, like I was legit sad for like the entire weekend. So so yeah so we want to i i approach you know i approach you kellen to you know just sort of have a remembrance for mac because you know who he was as an overall human being you know beyond the music he really was someone who who had a light to him and even even with his music playing in the darkness he seemed like a person that he wanted other people to be happy and even if he couldn't find the happiness in, in himself like he felt like he was a person that he even if he couldn't find with himself it felt it felt like he still wanted it for himself and so i just wanted to get together with you because i know that you know just like me like you have a passion for music and you have a passion for the blog era and you know mac miller would birth out of the blog era so i just wanted to get discuss you know not only you know his legacy but just sort of the blogger overall uh yeah um so i i was a mac miller fan i i wish i could say i was a bigger fan now but he was definitely somebody that i respected for a long time and i just got off work and then i looked at snapchat and it said remembering mac miller and i was like Hold the fucking phone. Wait a minute. So I, I clicked it, and then there's literally people crying. Say, and it says Mac Miller pa- uh, passed away 26 from paranoid drug overdose and everything. And I, I agree that he definitely um, was a was a light in in music. Period. Because I mean, especially with hip hop, there's so much competition. There's so much. Um, I'm better than you and everything. And one thing that Mac definitely um, brought to the table was he he was a great rapper, but not only that, he was a great musician. And that's something that I've really grown to appreciate about him over the years because, like, to go back to go to your blog point, like when he first the first time I heard him was when Kids dropped. Uh, kicking incredibly dope shit. And I believe uh, Rosenberg was talking about it on one up or on the radio or something. And I checked it out and I was like, and I realized that he was Dale the roster who Wiz was still affiliated with at the time. And I was like, Oh, another, another kid out of no, uh, yeah, no, 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 no ID, uh, ID labs out in Pittsburgh and stuff. And mm-hmm. so I was like, that's cool and everything. And then of course, uh, as he started to kind of get notoriety, Wiz co-signed them, of course, and uh so i, I mean his, his stuff was cool i thought kids is fine 
Um, I really didn't notice him until, ironically enough, once Donald Trump dropped, <laughs> and I was like, I listened to Donald Trump, and I was like, I was like, yo, this is, and he had the Rex, the Rex Arrow video course on YouTube, and I was like, yo, he's really spitting on this joint, and this joint's fire, and the thing, the thing that stood out to me about Mac is like, um, he. There, there was a lot of white rappers coming out around that time. The frat rap era. You had Asher, um, who is another. I, I, who has grown in his own way, and I feel like is um, an underrated MC, especially now. Following, I mean, he came out with the whole I love college thing. You kind of put yourself in a box, but um, I feel like Asher has done a lot to distance himself from that part of his career. And Mac, all he ever did. Um, to really distance himself from it is he just he kept putting out records and the records weren't um, okay let me do this frat rap like he just found new ways to kind of switch it up and once the Donald Trump record really showed that he had more to him than just I'm drinking and smoking and fucking mad bitches in college (laughs) you know like what 20 year olds do he was just somebody that really stood out to me um, and I was, I was excited to see where his career was going to go from there. And then of course, um, when Blue Slide Park came out, it was like number one independent album. Cause he was still on Rostrum at the time. Like that was a huge win. And he had like party on fifth Ave and, uh, the, the Frick record. Um, I can't think of the name of it. I'm not going to Google it. I'm not going to podcast one-on-one. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just, I was really happy for him because the dude was only an hour away from me because I'm in Morgantown, of course, and you were in Morgantown at the time, too. And it just felt good to see this kid doing doing good in hip-hop. And another thing that really humanized Mac for me at that time was uh, Wiz, Wiz did the day, day-to-day vlogs where it would literally just be Wiz being followed around with a camera and he'd be smoking and he'd be recording records, he'd be doing shows and is like a really inside look at Wiz's uh, ascension, especially following the Cushion Orange Juice era. And Mac kind of did a similar thing. I can't remember what the name of his vlog was, but maybe it was Most Dope. But I was watching that uh, for a while leading up to Blue Slide Park. And it was, again, it was just able to being able to see that inside look, especially of an artist that's just coming up was something I found very valuable and just something that was the vlogs was able to give to me as well as YouTube. And it, I, I was definitely upset by it. Like I, I, he had made some mentions, I mean, in music of the drug use. And I listened to a podcast where he was like on rap radar and a waste of time with this, the real, and this is around the era where he was putting out a uh, good AM and he was talking about how he gotten sober and he had just moved to New York with his longtime girlfriend before he hooked up with Ariana and he was really trying to get his life right. So seeing that is just like, I just knew I had known it was there before. Like he had those demons and it wasn't shocking to find out that, that he wasn't able to overcome them. And that's what ultimately took him away from us so early. Um, but I, I was devastated once I found out like, like honestly, this like this might have been the saddest I'd been. <sighs> like I can't even think, like, be, because like, and like 
I'm I'm older, like with XX or whatever. Like I didn't feel no way about that kid because he made his decisions. I didn't agree with him. It's sad that he died the way he did, but I mean, I, that's not my guy. That's not my era. And I honestly, unless I'm just blanking right now, I can't think of any other time that a rapper has been taken away, especially in this prom like this, since I hate to compare it, but like, I mean, Biggie and Tupac were both 25 when they went. And I can't think of anything else that's even close. Like, even when like somebody's been shot or something like that, like it's always been like, I think of like T.I.'s bodyguard. And like, that's his bodyguard. It wasn't T.I. And like, you hear about rappers having shootouts or a rapper got shot, but the rapper's always okay. But this is like affecting me on that kind of level of a, a Biggie and Pac where it was just like, I can't believe this shit. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the comparisons are there between Biggie and Pac, but the thing is, it is sort of interesting how if you look at what the trajectory for all three of those artists were, like, even for Biggie, if you go back to his, like, mixtape days on, like, freestyles, like, he was basically a hardcore, he was a hardcore rapper. Like, he totally was. Like, he was complete violence and, like, super aggressive. But then his last video when he's alive, he's on the speedboat in a Versace shirt, smiling. Right. So... And you can even tell the sophistication in his music, even the, the musicality of between Ready to Die and Life After Death, like you can see that he's actually refining his style. And even for Pac, like not necessarily in his music, but just sort of his embracing like his overall artistry where not only is he like making music, but he is going into acting and he's having ideas for like different business ventures that he wants to get into and different ownership like that he wants to get into and then he was taken out and so for mac miller like he had this sort of same trajectory and i'll be completely honest like i didn't fuck with mac miller at all like in the very beginning because Mm -hmm. like during the blogger like yeah like there was just a sea of just white rappers who just weren't cool at all. And so, like, you had... And I didn't even fuck with Asher Roth. Like, I did, like, like a little Asher Roth or whatever. But it was sort of like Mac Miller came in the shadow of that. Yeah, and he did. so you would just think that, like, oh, yeah, he's just... He another, was right after. Yeah, like, he was just a frat rapper, basically. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I was completely dismissive. Like, I think a lot of people were, too. But then... You can see where he was just sort of that teenager from a teenager from Pittsburgh who was basically making his bones in a rap game, but he was still on the scene, just sort of bubbling, or whatever. And then you can see him actually progressing into like a a better rapper. And so, one of the things that like me and Danielle like really bonded over was the Divine Feminine album. Mm-hmm. And I was telling I was telling Danielle that like like you can really under you can really see like who he was then versus the maturity that he had on that album and just like the musicality of that album and you know what he eventually was becoming into. Like he was 
he's becoming like a self-taught musician. Like he was, um, he played a bass and he was playing like the piano and mm-hmm. he was like harmonizing more records. Like he was, he was really owning artistry. Yeah. And Danielle actually told me like, Danielle said like, that's, that album is like a top 10 album for her. I saw, so, yeah, I saw those tweets. Yeah. That she posted about it. Yeah. So she was like, she was really fucked up over it. And mm-hmm. I was too. And so I went from like, and I think that's really is a tell to like who the type of artist that he is. Like, like someone like me who was cynical ended up knocking one of his albums and it being like one of the best albums that he put out for that year. And like, even even me being in school, like if you would have told me that like Mac Miller, like he's gonna be someone who I'm who I'm checking for is gonna make dope music, I would have said you're fucking lying. Like, right. like straight up, I would have been like no fucking way. But but he but he did like he he became and he was not even became like he was becoming into an artist who was finding his voice and even even if his voice was very dark at times like he was he was owning his voice and you know he was becoming a better musician because of it yeah um i saw pharrell's caption on instagram about when uh they were recording the him and mac were recording a never released pink slime project and about how he had kept telling mac that he wanted him to sing more and mac was like fighting him on it and then, like, he's like, I just, yeah, I think he had said on the caption that he finally had just listened to Swimming, which I still haven't listened to. Yeah. Um, I have it. I haven't listened to it, though, of course. And now I'm, I'm now I'm just too, like, I just know I, I have to go into binge mode and, and go get back in some Mac just to honor him, you know, but <laughs> I just can't do it yet. And he said, he said he listened to Swimming and all he heard was, melodies and everything he was so proud of the artist that he was turning getting he was turning into and then he said i wish i could have told you that in person it was like the last thing he said on the caption man yeah. i mean and you know the sad shit is i mean shit the sad shit is like swimming is a good album like i'm sure I, it is like that's i, the, I, I like, heard good things about it like that's the crazy shit about it. It's like because um when i saw the video that he just he put out for his album i would the, the video was kind of weird to me and so i didn't it was like okay you know it's, it's a video it's like okay i'm so yeah. to the album but the video is okay whatever and then listening to the album and it being good it's like i can't even at this point like i can't even enjoy it because it's good but it's like fuck like this is like this is the last that we're going to get it right back. Right, and so I think in a few months I'll be able to appreciate it more when I keep listening to it. But um, this album is it is really good, and I would say like whenever you're in the space to it, um, listen to it. Like you will not be let down. as a good album. Um, it's only like thirteen songs long, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, man, it's it's a really good album. So I think Pharrell was right. I mean. I mean, if anyone would know about harmonizing the melodies, it's definitely Pharrell. Yeah. And there there are some songs that are a little bit dark on this album. Like, the whole Tony album is a bit dark. And so, you know, that's something that he wrestled with. And so that was him him fighting, 
not fighting, but him actually accepting his truth. And, you know, like I said before, like, it doesn't matter, like, how he passed, like, you know, it only matters, like, how he carried himself when he was here and the people that affected him. And it was really interesting seeing these different rappers, not even, actually not even different rappers, different just artists and different people who are different, you know, different facets of life just basically coming out and saying that, like, Mac Miller was a really great kid. Yeah, like, and, like I, I want to interrupt you real quick as you go ahead on that. Elton John is on his farewell tour, oh, like his man. last tour ever. And Elton John said something about Mac Miller, dedicated his show to Mac Miller the other night. Yeah, and man. you know, like, if, if you meet Elton John, you probably just had, like, five, ten minutes with him. It's not like they hung out in London or anything like that. He was hanging out with him and... Bernie, I think, is is his um the dude he writes with and shit. Like, I, it's not like they spent like any real real time together. But for him to have that enough impact on Elton, be like, let me stop well, my farewell tour. It's all about me. Let me dedicate the show to Mac Miller, this twenty six year old hip hop artist. Like that that just blew my mind when I read that. I think I read that yesterday or today. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I saw the I saw the video of um Elton on tour. Um, he dedicated a song to him, and J. Cole was like crying on stage, like, Yeah, yeah, man. And so, you know, he's from Elton John to J. Cole, like, think just think of for a moment, just of that sort of uh, you know, different walks of life. And, and that, that picture, I, I keep thinking that picture of that tweet they took of Hoves that said Mac Miller's cool too, or something like that. Oh hell yeah! Because like that was a night that like um, like Hova just tweeting like mad shout outs, just random shout outs. Yeah, wasn't that the night and, that he went to the songwriters, or was that? Yeah, that was that was the same night, and the tweets, okay. the two was he was naming off rappers. He was like too many, and then he said fab like fabulous. Black people really magic. Mac Miller nice too though. Yeah, like and Mac like blew that shit up and hung it up in his house like. Oh man, like fucking Hove knew. Yeah. Oh, fucking Hove knew. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. So, like I said, like I definitely wanted to get together and, like I said, pay homage to a kid who was becoming a man. And, you know, he, he really touched, he really touched a lot of lives. And, um, like I said, we just wanted to pay homage to him. What for, not even just music, but what was your sort of, my favorite, my favorite thing that Mac has done really was Divine Feminine, and I listened to like a lot of pod, well, a couple of podcasts with him in the past. Like he did one app, and he did um, it's surreal like a few years ago. Yeah, and yeah. he was. I remember him telling stories about like working with Rick Rubin. And, yeah, those are some good ass stories. Yeah, and so you know, he was, and he was always a jovial person. Like he. He was open and honest about his struggles, but he was still a really like funny kid or whatever. Um, so what was what is your favorite sort of moment or project or anything of, of Mac Miller? Um my favorite uh project uh is watching movies with the sound off. Yeah. Um Blue Slide was cool. Um, it, it did. It didn't grab me like that, so I only listened to it like once or twice when it came out. Um, 
But then when I realized he's coming out with a second studio album, because I there's some mixtapes I missed. Like there, I hadn't heard, I hadn't listened to Macadelic or Faces or anything like that. So I'm looking forward to finally unraveling those. I've always heard good things. I just never taken the time to really listen to them. But real quick, you dog, who was was it? Fucking um, Lex, the battle rapper that was on his album, watching movies. It was fucking um, because he even like. Cause he had like a skit between, I think it was between Red Dot Music and G's, where it's like the rapper that's like basically, um, like he has like a a dis uh, a, a fake diss track against Mac Miller. Yes, he's like uh, easy cheesy. Well, he said easy Mac with the cheesy raps. Is that, is that what you talk about? Yes, yes, oh, I love that. Skit. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, because uh, Action's on the album. I forgot Action's on this album. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love that. Um, there's actually a joint on here. Uh, I forget what. No, I'm going to remember it. I'm looking at the track list now. Loaded Lux. I said Lex. Loaded Lux. Yes, there you go. There is a joint on... Um, crap. Hold on, I'm going to find it. Um, one of the songs on Watch Movies with the Sound Off... Mac actually, it's uh, it's remember, it's remember. He's actually singing about West Virginia on a joint. Like, yeah, yeah. And I always when I, I heard that, I was like, it's like, yo, he shout out West Virginia, and it's like on the hook. It's like, oh, I can't remember. How, I don't want to mess up this melody, but it's like I'm reading the lyrics. It's like I remember when we were just kids. We knew nothing at all. We talk about the life we lived. West Virginia lost somewhere out in. West Virginia, and now and that's like part of the bridge hook thing, and it's awesome. It's awesome. Like I really on on this album, like I was I was excited to hear because that Mike's but uh, I hadn't heard the mixtape stuff. I just knew he's coming out of the second album. I was like, oh, it's been a couple of years. I want to hear what he's doing now. Because he can't, did he come out the same day as? I think he came out a week after everybody else did in 2013. Because it was like Hove, Kanye, Cole, Wale. I think he might drop the same day as Wale, actually. Uh, when Wale dropped um, my favorite Wale album, The Gifted. Uh, June 18th is when he came out. I think he did come out the same day as uh, Wale. Because I think June 11th or or somewhere around there. I'm all over the place right now. It's where J. Cole and Kanye came out the same day. Because J. Cole moved his date up to match with Kanye. But I listened to this album and I was thinking... I was like, man, I, I just want to hear Mac go into some joints and stuff. And it's just such a good album from start to finish. And it, it, he, I mean, he was working with um, Top Dog Mad Early. Like, he had Absol on the album. He's messing with I uh, Future, had Earl Sweatshirt. He had Action. He had Schoolboy. Like, he just had all these wonderful songs on here and the way it's structured and everything there's not a dull moment throughout the whole album and probably the a song that i really liked on here that sound sounded really out of place though was um it was actually goosebumps it was a bonus track and it was produced by diplo and he's spitting his ass off on it and i love it but i could tell i was a bonus track because uh because um, it didn't fit the theme of the album. But then <laughs> yeah. right after that, he has a, another song with Tyler Creator, another I Future feature. And yeah. um, as much as I love the album, though, 
my favorite song on here is Objects in the Mirror. And yeah. it's it's not the album version though, because mm. I was around the era where I was actually recording like my, my last mixtape and album. And I used to do this thing on like Wednesdays, because this is before I had Aaliyah. We had Aaliyah. Like on Wednesdays after I get off work, I would go over to E's and we would just kick it for a few hours. And he was on YouTube. He's like, oh, I got this Mac Miller video. And I was like, oh, let's check it out. And it was uh, Mac Miller and the Internet. Like this before he actually went out on tour with him and stuff and recorded the live album. Uh, it, they did Objects in the Rear View. And that's oh. it's my favorite version. Like it's my, like, it's my most played song on my iPod. Because it, it just... It's just a studio and Max smoking a cigarette and he's just singing his little heart out into the mic and you can see the internet band like Sid's not there but the and the band's backing him up and everything and yeah it, yeah 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 and it's just such a raw moment and we just watched that thing on loop for hours and so I just ripped the audio right from there and I threw it on as a bonus track on my on my copy of uh, watching movies it's actually the right after claymation is I just threw it on there and I. There was days like when I was still working in Huntington and stuff, and I was just, I was just in such a mood. Like I just literally threw that song on repeat, and I listened to that song for days on end, just listening to just the musicality of it all. And that was one of my favorite moments of his. This is my favorite album. I did get to see him live once, and that was um at Fall Fest. That was at Fall Fest. Yeah, it was the. Uh, um, it was before Divine Feminine came out because it was like not that long after him and Ariana had started dating. Yeah, and because uh, she, she was actually there at Fall Fest, I don't, I don't think she came out. She was there though. Somebody called a picture of her like backstage or something and posted on social media. But um, if I don't know if you were, did you go to that Fall Fest? Nah, but if um, if Divine Feminine had been out, like, and it I was before to it, Divine I Feminine. Fan. Yeah, yeah, so no, I didn't go to that one. Because um, I think that him and Wale were on the same Bill? show that one year. Yeah, either that or I'm getting Wa- the year Wale was. No, because Wale was. No, it might have been Mac and Kendrick. Because Kendrick was. Um, I think, did you go to Kendrick when he was here? I did. Let me see. I'm, I'm looking this up. I now. wish there was an actual list of when people were here. There is. There always where? is. Like, you have to. You have to sort through it. I've, the funny thing is, I look through this shit from time to time. I tried to Google this shit the other day, and I couldn't find anything about Mac Miller Fall Fest. Fall so, Fest through the years. There it is. 2011. <laughs> it was 2011. <laughs> uh, yeah, because Macklemore was there when Kendrick was there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, t- Fall Fest 2011 had... Um, hold on, where is it at? Three Doors Down, Mac Miller, Big Sean, Chitty Bang. Yeah, because Sean killed it. Matt killed it, and Chitty Bang actually killed it, and I haven't heard from them ever since. Wale was the next year. Wale was there when Grayson and the Nocturnals and Juicy J and Travis Porter were there. So just to go back quickly, so looking at, I know you said that uh, uh, watching movies with the sound called off came in the middle of a, a wild summer. So June 11, Action Bronson Sob Stories came out. June 18th, Born Center, Jesus, and watching movies came out the oh, same day. Oh, he came day. out the same day as Jesus and Born Center. Oh, of course yeah. he did. I knew it was somewhere close. And um, F- Freddie Gibbs came out with ESGN on the 20th. Wale came out with the Gifted on the 25th. 
Run the Run the Jewels first album came out the twenty sixth. So that's a hell of a fucking month. And, and you can't forget that Hove came out what July fourth. July fourth. Yeah. Yep. With yep. a Madagascar Holy Grail. Yeah. And that was probably the last good thing in the summer. <laughs> yeah. So that was so. that. I mean, people talk about this summer being crazy with Kanye dropping everything, but thirteen was nuts, man. Yeah. So. And I fuck with most of them albums that came out. Then I love the Gifted. I respect Jesus. I love uh, Born Sinner. I Earl Earl Sweatshirt album came out then. Uh, Boris, uh, not Boris Doris. Doris came out. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Doris is dope. Yeah, I don't know if you listen to ASAP first because that was the his, first album after he finally came home and they found Earl and he had been home for a couple years and that was his first studio album since the first one, right? Doris. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and so. So yeah, so that came out. Um, what else came out? Oh, I was gonna say I don't know if it was ASAP Ferg. Ferg's album, first album came out. Then nothing was the same. Came out that September. Mm-hmm. Um, Pusha T, my name is my name came out. Danny Brown came out. Those October. Um, so yeah, I mean, 2013, it had a run, man. Like there was, there was. I mean, I think people sort of. I think people kind of. We get nostalgia for the blog era, but this is basically we're out of the blog era now. We're basically in the in the very birth of the social streaming media era. era. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, there is stuff to work with here. So, but I don't think I think the I do think that that blog era really was unmatched. Like, because to go back to the blog era, look at so if you look at the blog era, really. It's mainly about, um, I would say, 20, I'm oh, sorry, 2008-ish, 2007-ish, roughly between then to about 2012-ish, 2013-ish. And so look, look at the double the XL cover that Mac was on and tell me, tell me if this isn't a fucking murderer's row. So Mac Miller got the double XL freshman cover in uh in 2011 so mm-hmm. listen who's on this now this is some throwaways i just pulled it up I'm, so I'm looking at that cover he looks him in the little pittsburgh hat yeah so he used some throwaways diggy simmons little twist yellow wolf right whatever mm-hmm. so then you got fucking well Freddie gosson like uh underground rapper was still kind of authority right but then we go to fucking meek mill big crit Fucking Mac Miller, YG, who is definitely like one of the most popular artists out now, regardless yes. of, and then fucking Kendrick Lamar. So yeah, Just Mac Miller, out. Kendrick, YG, Meek Mill, Big Crit, like all in the same shit. If and, I recall correctly, I feel like Kendrick wasn't. Was Kendrick? Kendrick's not on the actual cover. Yeah, he's in. He's in a dead center. Oh, okay. Yes. He yeah, he's in a dead center. Yeah. There was somebody, um, I don't know if it was Kendrick or not, I might be thinking about a different rapper, but there was somebody who missed the actual XXL shoot, and they, they had to kind of Photoshop him in. I almost feel like it was Kendrick. Um, I don't know. I'm not sure about that. I don't know either. It's just random. But um, And so going back to the year before that, 2010, you got J. Cole... Nipsey Hussle, who was actually, he's now basically becoming a national name now. 
Yeah. Big, Big Sean, Wiz Khalifa, and J-Rock. And 2009, which is my personal favorite. Oh, yeah. Um, you got Wale, you got Kid Cudi, you got Currency, Blue, Ace Hood, Asher Raw, Charles Hamilton, Mickey Charles Fox. Hamilton. That was the biggest yeah. Charles Hamilton stand in the world, man. I don't even know what's wrong with me. I mean... I was standing so hard for him. Me and Shiv were, man. I was all I mean, about some Charles Hamilton. He had a wave. Like, he had an undeniable wave. I mean, he got his, you know, he got smacked up by that girl in that video. But, <laughs> but he had a wave, man. So these are all, like, even even if you look at these three years and even look at 2012, where you have your future, you have... No, it's basically a future. So if you can look at these three years from 2009, 2010, 2011, like here's the people that you have that are primary names, like on the the Double XL magazine, and they basically came out of the blog era. Like I remember Kendrick Lamar discovering him because Smoking Section was talking about um, overly dedicated, mm-hmm. and then then they were talking about Section Eighty. And you can really see the real sort of growth between what Overly Dedicated was and what Section 80 became. And then Section 80 basically like really signified that he was Kendrick going to be a special artist. But here's who you have in, the, in these three years, in these three covers. You have Kendrick, you have Wale, you have J. Cole, you have uh, YG, you have fucking Wiz Khalifa, Freddie Gibbs, Big Sean, Nipsey Hussle. J-Rock, who, who I think J-Rock put out one of the best albums this year. Um, you have Kid Cudi, Currency, who's still around making his own music his own way. Um, I love Spitta. Yeah. You have YG, who, you know, one of the biggest West Coast rappers out now. And in the middle, you have Mac Miller, who he could have been, he legit could have been someone like Asher Roth, who... The funny thing is, I remember Asher talking about I Love College, and he basically hated it because he eventually hated it because he was basically known as the white college rapper. Mm-hmm. And like that basically one hit wonder basically sort of put him in that box where no one no one saw him outside of being that. And so like no one really gave him a chance. And you have Mac Miller who really could have been sort of on the verge of that, but the music that he made and like how, how talented he actually was and him coming to his own age, like he really broke out of that sort of white rapper box because the funny thing is like, I think, I think he legit is probably, probably the only white rapper that no one really even thinks of him in that sort of lane anymore. Like, yeah. Even before even before his passing, like no one was really thinking thinking about him in that sort of sort of context. Because I mean, you know, we appreciate Eminem, we appreciate um, you know, Action Bronson and you know, there are other white rappers who they can make good music and they have like a strong fan base or whatever, but like it's really it's really hard for them to actually transcend that sort of thing, that sort of like niche or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was and, even about to say I, he's one of the probably one of the few white rappers to have actually transcended his white rapperness. 
Like yeah. I don't think I don't like people still look at him and them and see him as the white boy, you know? Yeah. Um, I I really don't think that people looked at Mac Miller as a white rapper. They looked at him as a rapper and an MC and an artist. And there's so many out there. Like I kind of feel like action kind of falls in that too. Um Yeah. Um, but of course I I mean action's a huge dude, so I wouldn't want to call him a white rapper to his face, but you know, <laughs> um, I, it's just hard to get out of that box. So, and the, I think Mac definitely did that and he did it almost effortlessly in a way I feel like. Yeah. I mean, it took, I think it did take time and it basically yeah. took him like honing his craft, but yeah, like he was someone who, and because the, the one of the biggest things that like, that white rappers they don't really transcend that because their music doesn't change like eminem is rapping now the same way he has for like the entirety of his career and even someone like action bronson like he i guarantee if you get an action bronson song now there's no difference in what he put out in like 2012 or 2013 like there's no real growth there Mm-hmm. But like if you if you listen to Mac's last album to like his first mixtapes, like there is really tangible growth there. He was a studio rat is the difference because he, he was a, um he produced a lot of his own stuff under his Larry Fisher um alias, Larry Fisherman alias. He yeah. dabbled in all kinds of music. Like I heard that he has like jazz albums and stuff that he's done that he's never like I, I think it on the it's the real podcast he was talking about how he like oh what took so long between watching movies and good am he's like oh well i recorded like four or five albums and you know so i don't want to do something different so here yeah. uh, six when i decided this is what we're going to get and like you have like four or five albums just sitting there he's like yeah i just record all the time like and like, are, is that ever going to come out? He's like, maybe. I don't know. Like, and he started that laugh. He had an infectious laugh, man. Yeah. Uh, he started that laugh, and you know, start telling jokes again. But he, that's the di- a major difference because as technical and as gifted as Eminem is, like, and even with some of his production that is decent, like, I never feel like. Um, you you never got that feeling that he was the kind of guy to be in the studio recording for hours at a time. Like, and I kind of feel like, especially in the back half of his career, you can kind of tell that. Like, I don't feel like there's a vault of Eminem songs. I feel like there's a decent number of Eminem songs that never come out. And there might be a, a relapse too somewhere. But I just don't feel like he never, he ever had that passion for being in a studio. He loved the right, the writing and the technicality and actually writing and all that. But I don't think he ever had the love of being in the studio. And that's just something that you can't teach. And that's something that Pac had. That's something that, um, I can't even think of someone else who, who would consider a studio rap. Like you can't, a studio rat, you can't think of Drake sitting in the studio all the time, just recording. Like, that that's not him, uh, but I think the fact that Mac logged so many hours in the studio is the reason why he grew the way he did and became as respected as he ultimately did too. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He was. I think that him spending that much time making music and him 
positioning himself around other musicians, like, yeah, I mean, if he didn't learn anything, that would have been a waste. Like, that would have been really sort of... Right. That really would have been, you know, worthless in a sense, but um, he surrounded himself with good musicians and, you know, he he really learned how to craft his skill. And so not a lot of not a lot of people I feel like it's I don't know, I feel like that sort of is being missed now because people, you know, we have such access to making music and making easy beats that you know, just you know, just find a beat. I'll just if it's trap, it has big drums. Like I'll just ride the drums, and mm-hmm. hopefully, hopefully, the song is good enough to where I can get like a, 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 you know, a Twitter trending topic or whatever. Yeah. So, so yeah, man. So he was an artist. Like he legit was an artist, and he really crafted this shit. Um. Yeah, he definitely did, and. Um, I need to go back and re-listen to Von Feminine because I, I tend to it's harder for me to digest music nowadays because all I do is listen to podcasts and then when I turn on music it's like all right my goal is to listen to this whole album and I listen to it I'm like all right that was cool and then I move on you know and yeah. I I as far Danielle kind of scolded me she's like she's like what do you mean like Divine Feminine it's like I didn't, I don't like it it's like it didn't grab me like that. And she's like, well, that's one of my top 10 albums of all time. It's just like, I need to go back and re-listen to it. I, I'm kind of working on getting my listening ears back towards music. It's, it's, so, it's so hard to pull myself away from podcasts, though, because like, I've been listening to Recapables talking about Atlanta when I've already watched Atlanta. But I can't help it. It's just, it's just easier for me sometimes. But um, Mac was a guy that if you didn't pay attention, that you might miss something. He's the kind of guy where it's not like, you're not going to go back and find the, the triple entendre hove thing that, yeah. that you might find on reasonable doubt or any of his work, but he, there will be just something he says or the way he says it that like you may have heard the song five times before. And then you catch it the sixth time and you're like, Oh, I can't believe that. I like, like it just hits you. And it's like, that's just the craft and the passion that he put into his work. And his music definitely had high listenability after that first album. Um, and I think that's the re- like the reception he got from the first album because Pitchfork gave it a one. Like I think the only <laughs> other thing that got a one from Pitchfork was uh, Camp by Childish Gambino. <laughs> and I, I don't even know if he got a one. I think he may have got a three. Uh, but see, was, that's why we that's why we can't go to Pitchfork for black music or, or rock music in general. That's true, because uh, I actually was just looking at the ratings before we got on, got on the call, and uh, he got a one on on a blue slide, but then uh, watching movies, they jumped up to a seven. So, I mean, I mean, it's pitchfork, yeah, take it as you will, but he like the reason that we got the Macadelic, we got Faces, is he spent a lot of time on the road, he did a lot of freaking drugs, and yeah. obviously that's the reason he got taken away from us, but... The, he was just in this creative space and he was willing to learn because a lot of artists aren't willing to learn. They don't want to take criticism and they shut down and they know one way they made it and everything. But I, I feel like Mac never stopped learning, at, like you said, and that's and that's one of the things that separated them from the pack. Yeah, man. And that's I think I definitely think you should give 
um, divine feminine, some more burn. And that's, and that is still one of the sort of fallouts of the blog era because I, re- I definitely remember going to multiple sites and just, just seeing people even talk about music in a sophisticated way that made you want to listen to the music. Yeah, and even so, if it was 250 words, it was enough, man. Yeah, like, I I still remember, you know, early posts about, like, Fred uh, Freddie Gibbs and, like, early posts about uh, um, Drake and, like, early posts about Kendrick. And, you know, people talking eloquently about the music. And it's like, you know what? Even, even Big Crit, like, even people talking about the music in such a way that was intelligent but also like made you want to even invest in these people. And like, that's just not there anymore. And I'm in sort of the same boat too. Like I listen to like a fuck ton of podcasts and whatever new album is out and I get the urge to listen to it, I will. But I mean, it's, it is, it is, it is sort of really hard when music is so abundant that you don't even know what to really pick and you don't even really know like what is what is really worth your time anymore yeah and so so like yeah like if drake comes out everyone knows drake album is out if if jake comes out everyone knows a jay album coming out but like who's someone gonna be like for someone like big crit who who raps his own shit and he produces his own shit and he makes a lot of good music, but he doesn't have like a real strong sort of push from like record label or social media. Like, who's championing their music? Nobody and, anymore. Yeah, like that's the real sad part. Like, no one really is anymore. Um, so yeah, man, it's that's what a blogger. I think, I think there's really pockets of especially for our lifetime of listening to hip hop music. Well, I mean, we, we are of hip hop music. Like we were literally like, you know, the children of hip hop. And so we, we grew up with it and we saw it and we're now seeing it become this new thing. Like our favorite rappers are heading into their fifties. Yeah. And so, you know, we've seen different eras of great music and I think about the greatest era of rap probably is about I would say 94 to 98 but I legit think the blog era it's up there for me honestly like it really is up there and it gave us a lot of artists who are basically our age and we actually were growing up with them while they were growing up and we got to see their shit unfold as adults yeah and so I think now I understand like people who were like 20 years old or 21 years old when Illmatic dropped or when like Reasonable Doubt dropped. And like I can see, oh yeah, like when when fucking Good Kid Mad City dropped, like I was in college, but I yeah. was still I was still of the culture. Like I was still like really embedded like in the youth of the culture. And so seeing seeing Kendrick perform on high street at the, at the, um, Oh, that the, the Met, you went to the Met show. I, I, I stayed home for that one. Dog. It was, we, it was, it was, legit, like, didn't D Y open for him? 
He did. Um, (laughs) And the funny thing is, we, I legit think we'll be the first or second show to come out after the album dropped because no one knew the words to the music. Yeah. Yet. I remember, I, I remember CFX saying that. Yeah. And I remember that going from that to him opening fall fest and like everyone going nuts when that album came out because that album hit like a, a typhoon. Do you remember so, what I told you about, about good kid when you asked me about it? Once I finally listened to it, you remember what I first told you? What what did you tell me? I told I told you I did, I told you I was fine. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Oh like, yeah, it's man! Cool. And you're like, it's just okay. And I was like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. And you're like, I, you're like, I don't think you get it. Like he's telling the story <laughs> of he's telling the story of his of his whole day throughout this whole album. You need to pay closer attention. And I was like, really? And you're like, I was like, you're like, yeah. You need to go back and re-listen to it because he's literally telling a story throughout the whole album. And if you didn't catch that the first time, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. So you go listen to it again. <laughs> I was like, all right. And then I listened to it. And then I, I started paying attention to all the skits and stuff and, and the story piecing together. And, and like, I, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I, I don't, I might have been off my game that day when I first listened to Good Kid. But Good Kid obviously is what, like, hearing once I understood it and then be, going to that show at Fall Fest and seeing Kendrick perform those songs live it was nuts i was working security but i was not working security for that 45 hour that he was on i forget how long he was on yeah man like that that was definitely that was definitely like one of the best concerts experience i had at that time like mm-hmm. um yeah man it's and even seeing kendrick it's that's the whole thing like even seeing kendrick going from like Michael Jordan and overly dedicated and thinking, yeah, this, this is pretty solid. This is pretty good. Mixtape, whatever. Seeing him go from that to fucking if Pyrus and Crips all get along, like that's just, man, like growing up with these artists was really fucking special. Like yeah. bar none. Like, cause even like, I'm like, even the stuff for Wale, like, you know, where his career ended up, you know, it's it's whatever. But just seeing him grow from where he was until like being Grammy nominated, like being super proud of that, like I'll never forget that. Like I will legit never forget that. So so yeah, because I even because I know even you you're you're telling me how you were one of Drake like even before comeback season, right? Two thousand seven, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> So yeah, like I'm pretty sure for you seeing Drake go from that to the biggest, like he if it's not if it's not Beyonce, it is Drake as the most biggest North American artist that we have today. Like yeah. that's that's got to be really a, a great interesting feeling. I I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> you were mad. I'll tell you why. I was mad. I, not, I wasn't truly mad at him or anything like that, but he, I'm sure you've experienced this where you find an artist and even if they're on the blogs or stuff, <clears throat> like they have a decent discography and you really enjoy their music. And it's like right before they blow and then they blow up and then all of a sudden all these people who you try to tell about, about this person, they're like, oh, have you heard about this person? And they're like, yes, I was telling about you 18 months ago and you didn't care. That's what happened to me with Drake. 
because I was telling yeah. people from uh, the Southern Smoke mixtape and then Comeback Seas, I was like, yo, I really messed with this Drake dude. I really fuck with Drake. This Drake guy. Drake is going to be dope. Drake, yo, you got to check out this Drake and nobody would fucking listen to Drake. And then as soon as fucking Best I Ever Had comes out and so far gone, Drake Mania. And then, I, and then everybody's like, yo, have you heard of him? Like, really? Like, really? Like, we just sat in my, the same place, in the same room, and I played you dope joints that he had with Fonte and stuff that he had done with Malice and all this stuff. I'm like, yo, he's really spitting, man. Like, fuck that Degrassi shit. Yeah, it's just acting. He actually can spit. Blah, blah, blah. And then and nobody, and not that I wanted, like, special credit or anything from Drake, but, you know, it's just like, I just wanted some recognition. Like, you were right, Kellen, and nobody ever told me I was right. That's why I was mad about it. You know, the funny thing is, speaking of digital hoarding, I remember I had like a couple of I had like a couple of songs by Drake on my like old ass XP laptop. Yeah. Um, and I was like, who the fuck is this? And then I, I like did I never listened. And then, like a year later, so far gone came out. <laughs> yeah, I mean that—that's how it is, though, man. That's how it is. So I, I understand the feeling that you that you have with Kendrick, um, especially as critically acclaimed and as he keeps finding ways to outdo himself. I mean, at this point, Drake's just kind of heading back down the mountain. It feels like he just fell, carved himself out of a nice little space and built himself a little mansion on the cliff, and he's like, "I'm gonna stay here." And uh, wait for somebody to come down here and stop me. And nobody stopped him at this point. So, you know, but that ascension, that ride up was pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's it's a hell of a ride. And it's weird. Like, Drake is only, Drake is only like three months younger than me. Mm-hmm. And so it's really it's really strange. Like it's not, it's not strange in a bad way, but it is, it really is sort of seeing like the, the blog era really becoming, you know, the, the leaders of this generation. Like even someone like J Cole, like J Cole, um, the, what was the first mixtape? Um, the uh, warm up, the, the warm up, the warm ups, the one he blew up with the come up was his first mixtape. And the uh, okay. warm ups, the one that blew up. Okay, yeah, because I, I still remember blogs like really championing that out, uh, that mm-hmm. mixtape at first, and so yeah, two dope boys, I remember that too. Yeah, and seeing him go from that to you know to this, where he is someone who has his own fan base and he makes his own music at his own pace, at his own time, making his own money, you know, like he really is you know, an artist that he's on his own. Like he, he got signed to rock nation. Like that shit didn't work out. He said, fuck it. Like I'll just be myself. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. So, yeah. So I legit think that this era really, I mean, we're, I think we're still like in the social media era or whatever. We're still in the streaming era, but I do think that that blog era really produced like a lot of great artists that we're going to, we're going to remember, we're going to cherish these sort of moments, but this new generation, I mean, they, they have to really, I guess, find what their own voice is. 
outside of just the drugs and yeah. outside of outside of the same Migos flow who got their flow from Three Six Mafia in '96. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, it's it'll be really interesting to see like what rap actually is over the next few years. But I think it's sort of like I think the best rappers are going to be sort of like what Mac Miller was and what Kid Cudi tried to be where you can start out as a rapper, but you can really sort of hone your craft and your love for music to not just being a rapper, but you can actually evolve into something else, which it's, it's kind of a catch 22 because, you know, you, I want these people to be great rappers. Like I don't necessarily need them to be anything but that, but I feel like we're in a point where music is so intertwined with other genres that if you want to be like considered a really great rapper, like you have to figure out ways how to incorporate your sound with everything else. I think the only rapper not to really do that, but still find a lot of success is probably Kendrick. Mm -hmm. Like, but I think Kendrick music is based on a lot of blues too. So it's, so it's not even just rap anymore for him either. So so yeah, man, like I don't know, like I it'd be really interesting to see like what these kids do with with the culture that, you know, we basically gave them and to see like where they can take it. I almost I I definitely feel like this past this year in general um is going to be um a turning point for rap and for hip hop in general because for a while now it's been the been the vibe kids so to speak you know uh the the trap music the 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 melodies and everything like that i feel like it's i don't feel like it's a crucial year but i i just feel like with especially with the deaths that's happened especially like mac um and then with older artists coming out with surprisingly good music I'm not talking about kamikaze. I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, j- I, I just really feel like so, um, with, with Drake coming out with his album and everybody expecting it to maybe be this next tent pole for him and then it not being that, where it just seemed like he was happy to rest on his laurels. Um, I agree that it's definitely going to be an interesting time. It just... It's just a moment, a matter of seeing who's really going to step up and lead that charge. Because as far as we know, like we expect Kendrick's going to come out, let's say next year, and he's going to come out with another dope concept album or whatever. As Cole came out this year, Drake came out this year. And it, it, it just, I'm, someone is going to have to step up and, and kind of lead that next charge. And, I, I'm just interested to see wh- where that push comes from, whether that actually comes from a major label. Like, I thought it was Chance. I thought Chance would really have that ability to kind of take it to that next direction, you know, and kind of set a standard. But, I mean, he hasn't been, ba- been back out since the Coloring Book, and he hasn't really – Acid Rap was better than Coloring Book, in my opinion. So I love Coloring Book. I just don't feel like anybody has really taken that step to really declare that this is something different and something new. Um, 
So I don't. I have no idea what's next, man. I really don't. I've heard a lot of people say that they like Asteroid better than Coloring Book, and I was someone who I didn't listen to. Um, well, I did. I didn't listen to Asteroid when it immediately came out. I think I think Asteroid is probably the last album I can think of that Blogs actually championed. Um, yeah, because by the time Chance Three came out, like the blogger was basically gone or whatever. Yeah, that was two years ago. So, um, so I think that for Chance, I think Chance Three was so popular that whatever he drops next, like we're just going to give a shot at, and we're just going to see like if it sticks or whatever. Um, but Chance is twenty five, so he still has some time. But I'm just trying to think of like, because I wouldn't even say Donald Glover. Well, because I mean, he's he's Donald Glover's in his 30s. And so people were pushing him when he put out camp. So, I mean, he's not really of this generation. Right. Um, I think that I don't think a chance. I don't think a rapper as young as Chance has given us like a classic album. No. Or like or like a classic mixtape. And I mean, that's kind of scary. Like, I mean, if you if you're being real about it, I mean I mean it's it's unfair to compare them to like the all-time greats, but I mean I mean Nas was young as fuck when he gave us Illmatic. Like Outcast Outcast was on their third album by the time they hit like 21. Yeah. Like and like there are tons of rappers who are young and they put out a lot of music, but who are they actually studying? Like who is gonna be the, the one to actually push this shit forward? Someone like Goldlink, who's from DC, and he's a young kid, like he really had a moment with um with crew. And the album that crew was on, people really fuck with that album a lot. Um but after Crew went, no one was talking about Golink anymore. So what is he going to do to actually... So, I mean, Crew is basically like one of the greatest rap songs of the last, like, of this, of this decade, basically. But what is, as far as singles are concerned, but what is he going to do next that is really going to submit himself in the actual culture? Like, mm-hmm. what is... What is um, Shy Glizzy going to do to submit himself into the actual culture? And so those are some questions that are really hard to answer, especially when, like, the freshman cover, it just isn't the freshman cover anymore. Like, the last, like, three have been, like, have really been sort of whatever. Like, so, so there's basically, like, a lot of young kids that just... They're popular with young kids, but like, what music are they make? The only artists that I'm seeing from here, from 2016, 2017, 2018, that I consider that makes like consistently good music is Anderson Pack. Oh then, yeah, yeah, Anderson Pack. He's really fucking dope, but he's not just a rapper. Like he's he's basically like an R and B guy who who throws in the rap every now and then. And so now listen to this cast of characters from the last three covers. And I want you to tell me if you recognize, if you've heard, just if you heard like a single song of theirs. I mean, okay. All right. So 
Um, <laughs> this fucking name is wild. Wi-Fi's Funeral. Nope. <laughs> That's the rapper's name. Wi-Fi's Funeral. Oh, wow. Lil Pump. Who sounds like a terrible porno name. Lil Pump. Nope. Smoke Perp. Nope. Steflon Don. Nope. <laughs> oh, my God. Ski Mask the Slump God. Nah, I missed that one. Okay. Um, so, uh, let's see. Now, you've heard, you may, I'll, let me know if you recognize this name. Block Boy JB. Nope. <laughs> he, was the, he was the one who Drake did that song with um, Look Alive. Did you ever listen to that song? Yes, I have heard that song. I didn't know that I was on it with him. So he's the guy that's, you and you, bitch, come through. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's him. So that's his claim to fame. And so he, okay, he got the cover off of that one song. So that's, I should tell you the state of Double XL at this point in time. Yeah, really. And so now there's like names that you may have heard, but you don't even know like the actual music. So like Uzi Vert, Lil Yachty, and Cut That Black, like kids are the youngest fuck. Like they all listen to them, but you know, it's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I listen to G Herbo stuff, and he's basically like a, a a fucking a drill rapper from Chicago. So he's like super fucking violent. So I don't really see him really doing anything that's going to really shape the culture, unless you're talking about just, like, drill music, which, I mean, you know, that music is so violent that, you know, that can afford not to be around anymore. Right. Um, 21 Savage, who, like, people try to push his mixtape. I listened to it. I, I didn't fuck with it at all. So, so yeah, I mean... Me. So, yeah, like, these are... Like, these are basically who the gatekeepers are telling us of the new wave. And so XXX Tentacion, he got the cover in 2017. Um, this kid, um, Ugly God, he got the cover. Like, he made, like, one song that was decent to me. Um, but his name is Ugly God. Like, imagine, <laughs> like... I, the only person I can think I can see Ugly God being like an alias for ODB, right? But, but what sane rapper would name themselves Ugly God or whatever? Like that's just wild. Some kid with pink hair, I bet. Yeah. So no, it's not even know. color. Like that's the thing. But he's ugly as hell. I give him that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, guess I want you to just take a wild guess of what his alias is, other than Ugly God. This shit is wild as fuck. I just. Discover this right now. Oh my god. Um, okay, um, so okay, I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a hint. It's a combination of what? Um, a feline and a a combination of a feline and a piece of meat that America loves. Okay, I know that's bacon. Uh, yeah. So feline. it's blank pussy bacon. Bacon. P- pussy bacon. 
pussy bacon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Holy shit! Like wow! Oh my god! Boy, why did not think of that? <laughs> I mean, that should have been the first thing coming to mind. When you think of a rapper, you think of pussy bacon. Like that's the first thing you should be thinking about. Wow! And so, pussy bacon is a part of this new generation that's going to lead rap into the into the future so so yeah man man. (coughs) man, wow yeah and I (laughs) don't name the episode pussy bacon please (laughs) don't worry I'm not going to do Mac like that oh man but but yeah man like just to bring it back full circle, just to keep mm. it on course and remember itself, Mac. Like, even like, but even still, like these kids can prove me wrong, like I was wrong about Mac. Like, I dismiss Mac as just like another college white rapper, and he blossomed into something that was way beyond that. And so maybe these new kids can actually do that, where their music actually is tangible. And we can we can get like the next outcast or we can not even the next outcast, we can get someone who can be better than outcast and who can be better than Jay. But you know, only time is they gonna tell that. And so for yeah. Mac, so for Mac, who is someone whose first projects came out, what is this, in twenty uh, 2011. His first year on 2011. His last album came out 2018. So mm-hmm. that's you know seven years of a person's life who he was he was legit a teenager when he first came out and he was coming into someone you know who was he became like a really he became a good person he became a man yeah and so these kids even though I'm dismissing Ugly God and Lil Pump and Uzi Vert or whatever, like, I'm really concerned that they, I think they all have the capacity to grow because I don't, I don't want to dismiss people and saying they can't change from one thing to the other. Right. But I'm just, I'm just definitely on a wait and see basis to see like what they can actually bring to the table because, you know, Kendrick, even at 2011, this, like the whole 2011 lineup you know, Crit, Kendrick, Mac, YG, like, you know, they brought something to the table back then that showed that they had promise, and then they eventually delivered on that promise. And so, what is Uzi Vert going to do beyond being a sassy black woman as a rapper, as a guy? <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah man. So, Amy, that was sort of my final thoughts on basically Mac and like the the blog era. What are your what are your sort of final thoughts on Mac and just the blog era overall? Um, I miss the blog era every day. I, I've said this before, but th- there was just nothing like having that influx of music and it coming from curators and that you trusted. Like there was millions of blogs out there you could get your music from anywhere but once you found there's probably about five or six that i that i loved it was like smoking section too dope not right um among others uh i would i would even 
get stuff from like Rosenberg and all that stuff. Once you found your lane and you trusted them, there was nothing like opening up that website at the end of a long day and just going through the last two or three pages of posts from the day and just sitting there and being able to listen to that new music and really take it in and kind of relax and just, just enjoy um, music. And because everything's on demand now, it's easier, but at the same time, it's harder to know what to trust. Yeah. And so that that's one of the reasons that I've actually gotten away from listening to m- new music and stuff because there's just so much of it. I don't have time for it. And even the music that I do take the time to find, I have months worth of albums to go through like things that have come out this year that I haven't touched and including swimming. Like I thought I had time to get to swimming, you know? Um, I mean, I, obviously I still will, but I thought it was just going to be another Mac Miller song uh, album. I would get to enjoy. I didn't think it'd be his last project ever. Um, yeah. I just, I just thought, that Mac was really a kid that loved hip hop. He was in the same vein, vein of Eminem as where Eminem has studied hip hop so much and can sit there and impersonate LL to the point where you can't even tell it's LL. Like, I feel like Mac was cut from the same vein. He was also a sponge and he really cared about his craft. And when he saw he was being lumped in that frat rap kind of perspective, like he didn't take it and, be like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go do a whole, I'm, a, I'm going to change who I am. He was like, no, I'm going to go out on tour and get this money and promote what I have out. But at the same time, I'm going to start looking for new ways to express myself musically. And I'm going to start looking for opportunities outside of my, what I know in Pittsburgh and, and uh, ID Labs and Rostrum. Um, I'm going to start reaching out to the Pharrells of the world and the cams of the world and get to know them. And, Oh, I, I really like this guy, Kendrick. And I'm going to get to know him and make friendships with Schoolboy, And, and I'm going to reach out to I future. I'm going to reach out to these kids who, who some rap fans are kind of offended by as far as I future goes. And, um, at the time, like when Tyler and all of them came out, like, yeah, it was shock rap and it was on a level of grave diggers, D 12 slim shady kind of thing. But, I remember when I first heard Tyler, I was like, what the fuck's this dude doing eating this cockroach in his video? Like, I don't get it. But then the more I just watched what he was doing and how they built everything organically on Tumblr, I realized they were building their own thing. And that's where things are going. Um, and to see Mac's ability to be able to uh, reach out to those other people all while extending, working on his craft, rapping and eventually singing and instrumentally and being able to see him be in love when him and Ariana were together, because I mean, he seemed happy. Like I've, I've really had to, i you see celebrity couples all the time, but I mean, you, you saw them together and it's like, that was the light of his life. And I'm not going to be one of those dumbasses who hop in her Twitter feed and blame her. She's got enough on her plate um, over the past 18 months in her own life. But um, you, you just rooted for him. It was somebody you wanted to win. And again, with him being local, like him and Wiz, I always wish the best for Wiz exceeded expectations immediately. I don't have to think about 
what Wiz is doing or hoping for Wiz. You know, Wiz made it. Um, Mac made it too, but at the same time, he was still seemed like he might show up in Pittsburgh and go to a Pirates game in a given day this summer because that's just who he was. Yeah, and he'd come come through and go see the fam and go to the cookout and then you know fly back out to L.A. Um, and then just seeing the outpouring of everyone towards him. And I, I said it on my Instagram caption that I feel like we did a good job telling Mac how great he was while he was here. Like, I don't feel like it was one of those things where it's like, like, you know how some like, an artist passes away and you're like, oh man, like he was really dope. And I, I like, there's a certain situations where you don't feel like the artist knows or the artist has so much going on. I don't feel like Mac was tortured in that way where he didn't know that he was loved. I think he just honestly had addictions he couldn't overcome. Yeah. Like, just to be there real quick, like, I remember about two weeks ago, um, speaking of, like, we're doing a blogger for writers, um, remember Brown, he used to write for um, Grantland. Oh, yeah, I know Brown. Um, he, he had a fundraiser he was doing for, um, some like, uh, to raise money for, like, a school that he's teaching at. And he basically did like a 24-hour podcast. And the last person to donate to push him over the edge for what he needed was Mac Miller. Of course it was. And even before that, like, I think even about two or three weeks before that, Rim was at his, like, album party, album listening party. Mm-hmm. And he was posting like he was just like his regular friend. And I think that's sort of the legacy of Mac Miller where, like, if you knew him, like he would be comfortable enough to consider you or be considered a friend. And it wasn't on some like, Oh yeah, I need you to be out here to promote my shit. It was like, no, we're friends. And so I need you to come through because you're my man. Right. And you know, to see it's, it's, Oh my God, it's really sad to think about to see, to see Rembert posts like him once on Snapchat with Matt Miller and his party. Yeah. to you know him posting that Mac Miller donated to his cause and to seeing you know Rem post you know about his friend passing so and that was all within like within a two month time span like not even and so yeah man it's it was really hard yeah like the I'm looking at the Instagram feed on Rembert right now and just the, the pictures it's like that that's not Hey, I know this famous guy. This that was his friend, and that's and Mac didn't make enemies like that. Mac made friends, and that's why the outpour was so great. I, what I definitely didn't expect to find this out. I'm the more we talk about it, like the more I'm getting into it, of course, and feeling more upset about it because it's just crazy. That this this great talented soul's been taken away, and uh, I'm really sad that this is this is the end. But I mean, thankfully he was good enough to us to leave us so much music to still pour through, and uh, he left a legacy that's going to last for years to come. Yeah, man. Like it's thinking of sort of. I mean, this definitely. 
seeing his age, like, I legit did not know he was 26. And so that definitely, you know, triggered a lot of people thinking about mortality and, you know, just what their place is in life. And if you think about it, he he was sort of the first rapper to have had a successful career out of the blogger to pass. And I know Capital C's, you know, he took his life a couple of uh, years ago. Mm. And I know ASAP Yams, um, even though Yams wasn't a rapper, Yams, like he, yeah. Yams was still of the culture, but they, like they weren't on the sort of level that Mac was. And they didn't really have the sort of chance to really grow into, and they didn't really have a chance to grow into men, honestly. Um, but we actually saw the career arc of Mac and, you know, we saw his light extinguish. And so I think that, you know, even though he's no longer with us, um, we can look back to his mentor, Pharrell, and think about NERD. I know it sounds really corny, but I mean, the title of their band is No One Ever Really Dies. Yeah, so if we're keeping Mac's spirit alive and we're keeping how he treated people alive, as long as we can keep that alive, then Mac is still with us. And, you know, we can make sure that we are, you know, I think you're an artist. You make music. We have a chance. <laughs> and so you, you have art within you. And not only that, like you're a man, and not only you're a man, you're a husband and you're a father. So your trajectory, you know, you have a lot of life to live. And you are growing into a different person with every passing day. And I mean, I'm in the same sort of way. Like I have you know, I have a great life that I have here in Texas, but I still know that, like, I still have a lot to grow into. Yeah. And even the stuff with my writing, like, I can continue to evolve. And Mac Miller was someone who was not complacent. And so I think the, the best lesson that we can learn from Mac, not only is to treat people, you know, with respect and with dignity, but also to continue to grow and continue to find who we are, even if it's in the darkest places of who we actually are in that moment, just being honest with ourselves and making sure that we're always trying to find our voice. And not only that we're finding it, but we're also expressing it in healthy ways. So I think that's what we can learn from, from Max passing. Yeah. Well, well said, man. Well said. Thank you. <sighs> um, so yeah, um, I normally end the episode when I'm by myself. I'll say things like "power positivity is real" and let your loved ones know that you care about them, and get that negativity out of your life and all that stuff. And I kind of feel like Mac embodied all those things, yes. and that that's the reason that uh, we're we're all so upset by his passing. So, uh, rest in peace, Malcolm. I appreciate what you did for me, man. And like, like we just said, no one ever really dies. So we're just got to keep that in mind and keep on going and hope that, hope that someday there will be 
an artist out there who saves us is not named Pussy Bacon. <laughs> but if it is, hey, we got to be ready for the Pussy Bacon, man. Got to yeah, be ready. Man. Got to be ready. <laughs> so, uh, Marcus, I appreciate you hitting me up and reaching out to me, bro, and so we could do this because I was going to talk about it um, by myself. So I'm glad that we got to really sit down and talk about Mac and what he meant to us and all these things and about the blog. So as always, it's always a pleasure, bro. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate the love, man. Yeah, no problem. And once again, special thanks to Marcus for getting into that with me. Um, like I said, it's really sad that Mac's gone. And uh, it's incredible what he was able to do in such a short period of time musically and how much he grew and how much he uh how much respect he gained i'm getting ready to go out the door to go to Aaliyah's gymnastics so it sounds like i'm getting ready or spraying old spices because i am no shame in my game uh so yeah, rest in peace, Mac. That's all I really got to say about that anymore. I said a lot on the episode already. <sighs> if you're uh, enjoying this show, hopefully you're doing it through your favorite podcast listening device. I do want to send a uh, spe- or your podcast listening device, which is probably your phone. Or if you're like me in old school, your iPod Classic. Um, or you're li- listening to it on your favorite podcast app is what I was trying to say. Of course, the world's greatest podcast is available on most, if not almost all, places podcasts are sold. So Apple Podcasts, slash iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Um, what else? Um, you know, things like that. <laughs> I, I do this all the time. I post links to stuff and I can't think of anywhere else. Uh, Pocket, TuneIn app, not on Spotify. Catch the show is on Spotify though by my good friend uh, EG. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you're up on that because he be busting his ass to bring y'all quality content weekly. The show's really good, seriously. So I do hope that you're ta- taking the time and checking that out. <sighs> Brought to you by Hyphen Podcast Group. I enjoy. The Radio Public app. And if you're not familiar with Radio Public, it is an app that works on iOS or Android. And what it likes to do is it will take a iTunes uh, link that randomly comes across your Android and bring it up in Radio Public. So no more being taken to the iTunes page and then not being able to listen. You actually get to, uh, you know, go right to the app and listen to the podcast right away. You don't have to be like me and save iTunes links and add them in iTunes later and all that stuff. It's super easy to do. So hyphen nation is unofficially sponsored by radio public. Also big shout out to Marcus's website, Mark Rob. You can find that at the M A R C R O B dot wordpress.com thoughts and musings and reviews about, uh, all kinds of pop culture things and just things that happen in the world. So make sure you're checking out Mark Rob. I forgot to do recommendations last time. So I wanted to get those in real quick before I go out the door. So 
show topics. Here we go. So, I watched a Netflix movie starring Kristen Bell, who I've had a crush on for years. Um, oh, what did they used to... Oh, The Beautiful One. That's what my friend Thomas DJ would call her on Better in the Dark, a podcast that's still available. They're no longer doing it. Thomas DJ and Derek Ferguson, both who I hope to have on the show at some point. But uh, Kristen Bell has a new movie on Netflix. It's called Like Father. She's in that movie with a... Uh, with a guy named Kelsey Grammer. He may be trash in life to his ex-wife. And I'm not getting into that. But I did enjoy the movie. It is... She plays a daughter. He's a dad. He hasn't been in her life her, um, for her whole life, pretty much. Well, most of her life. And then he comes back to her wedding. And then her wedding goes astray. And then somehow they end up going on her honeymoon together. After... Things fall through with her soon-to-be husband. And it takes, it's your typical, uh, I don't I don't want to call it a romantic comedy, but it's your typical dramedy, you know. Things happen, they get in arguments. There's a couple places where I thought, oh, this is so typical of this movie, but then they reeled it back in. And I thought, for a Netflix flick, it wasn't bad at all. So I say, if you want to kill two hours, have a few laughs, it's definitely funny. Check out Like Father on Netflix. And the other thing I wanted to talk about, as I walk back over here to my phone, I'm walking around like I'm on Anchor, like I'm Dart or EG. Oh, on YouTube, I've been watching a gentleman named Swing Point. I've been watching his uh, his playthroughs uh, since Chris Move has stopped doing as much stuff as he used to be doing. And... Uh, I watched uh, The Walking Dead Michonne, the Telltale game. This came out after season two of the Telltale Walking Dead series. It's not that old. I, I want to say it came out right before season three. And of course, season four of the Telltale um, Walking Dead is out now. Uh, part of uh, Chapter two of that is about to drop on September 24th. But... It's a, it's a really good story. I mean, if you follow uh, the Walking Dead comic books, it picks up with Michonne after she leaves Rick's group for a while. Spoilers. Hopefully that doesn't ruin anything for anybody. Uh, so don't think you're watching TV Michonne. You're watching comic book Michonne. But it, it's a nice side story that you know is built, definitely built into the world of the comic books. And... And just like uh, the main Telltale Walking Dead series is. But this one actually, you you know for sure that um, it involves a, a major character that is seen in the comic books on the regular. Because we've never seen Clementine in the comics, obviously. And we probably never will. So, I highly recommend that. I recommend Swing Point's uh, channel. So, if you, if, uh, you want to look up Swing Point, Walking Dead, Michonne... It's cool. I mean, he, he lets the story play. He still gets in his comments, too. And he's not overbearing like I've heard some other YouTubers are. Because I've only been exposed to Chris Moves playthroughs. And then I actually found Swing Point while I was watching Detroit Become Human. Because he did difference checks. Because there's so many different things on Detroit Become Human that you can do differently. And it affects the overall story. And that's how I started watching Swing Point. And then once Chris Move decided he wasn't going to finish Telltale Batman Season 2 and didn't tell nobody, let me just say for a second, if you're going to do a YouTube series like that and you've started it 
and people are watching, especially when you're a big time YouTuber like Chris Move, do me a favor and at least hop on your Twitter and be like, hey guys, I'm not going to finish Batman. I've tweeted Chris Move at least 20 plus times between my hyphen podcast group account and the be hyphen account on Twitter. And he won't say, hey, I'm not coming back to it. Obviously, he's not now. All he does is do 2K and NBA highlights. And I mean, obviously, if that's paying the bills, then do you, Chris. But he plays 2K. He's got some Spider-Man playthroughs up. Uh, I'm going. I'm probably going to watch that. Or I'm going to watch Rad Brad. That's other YouTuber I've checked out. Because I actually watched Walking Dead Season 1, uh, Telltale. I watched Rad Brad's playthrough. And then um, I went to Swing Point for the um, Season 2 and everything. And also finally played through Telltale's Walking Dead as well. So I think I'll be talking about that eventually on a future episode. Um, but but yeah, at least say I'm not doing it anymore. I mean, that's just kind of... Uh, just say it. I mean, you might get some backlash, but I mean, I, I highly doubt it's going to affect all those views that he's getting on his 2K and his NBA stuff. So I recommend you check out check out The Walking Dead Michonne. Swing point if you want. You can watch another YouTuber if you don't want to. Or you can actually go buy the game, which I'm not going to do. I don't think I'm going to get Michonne unless I get a deal or something. I, I can't remember if that's a PS4 or not. I'm still working on getting my PS4. So if you want to contact the show, B-H-Y-P-H-E-N at gmail.com. Hyphen podcast group at gmail.com. B hyphen on Twitter. Hyphen pod group on Twitter. Hyphen Universe on Facebook, Hyphen Podcast Group on Facebook. Hyphen Nation is brought to you by HyphenPodcastGroup.com. You can check that out anytime. Great shows on there. Browns and Our Blood is back. It's rolling through. They just had their sixth episode. Catch the show. It's coming out every weekend by EG. And a now solo Handsome Bane has been bringing you the third season of It's Like a Podcast or whatever. Oh, and not to mention that... uh. My homie Lane, he believes he has found a co-host to replace me on Lemon on the Edge. So hopefully you will be getting a lot more content from them. It's, his name's Dave Small. He was actually on episode nine of Lemon on the Edge, and they did a college football preview. And it was really good because I don't support college sports like that. I kind of check on WVU because I obviously I live in Morgantown. But besides that, I'm not with NCAA. Just not. So power of positivity is real. Get that negativity out of your life no matter what it may be. No matter what you have to do, you got to do you. Call your mom. Hug your dad. Write your sister. uh, Tweet your brother. Send your aunt a picture. Make sure you let your loved ones know how much they mean to you. Especially in light of what this episode is about. Holler at your friends. I sent a a group text to my to three of my closest friends the other day. I was like, hey, I love you guys. It was the day Mac died. I just wanted, wanted them to know it, you know? You just never know when it's your time to go. You could be 24 with 90 years old. So, and uh, where's the wisdom for today? <sighs> my words of wisdom... Don't be the guy who doesn't know that another guy is sending your girlfriend flowers on her birthday. And we're just going to leave that at that. And no, I've not sent flowers to anybody else on their birthday. Just a statement of fact. (laughs) All right, I'm going to go ahead and get out of here. I got to get so Angel can get 
and then I can pick, take Aaliyah home after her gymnastics class. So appreciate every single one of y'all to check me out. Show's rolling. 75's next. I should have been here a long time ago, but 75 is coming. Happy to be here, as always. But until next time, thanks, y'all.